You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're recommending scary books for Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. And interviewing author Clay McLeod Chapman. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book. It's a couple years old called Senlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft. I have never heard of this. I'm about... A little over halfway through this book, it is so addicting. It is about a man. His name is Thomas Sendland. Sendland. I believe his name is Thomas. Um, And he goes by Sendland. And him and his wife decide to go to the Tower of Babel. Do you know what that is? Tower of Babel. It's a a Bible thing. Yeah. So in the Bible, this is is like it's based on this, but it's like a very um, loosely based on the thing from the Bible, which it's from the Bible, right? Am I crazy, Sean? Tower, um, where like they built this tower that went all the way up to like the heavens or something, and and everyone spoke the same like the same language. And I then... only know about this because of the babblefish from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That's and how then I know point, about Bible things? <laughs> I can't remember what happened. I think God got mad and smited them somehow and made them speak different languages, and the tower fell or something. I don't really remember. Whatever. It's a very t- tall tower that goes up into the sky. It's all you need to know. And people live on it. And like I'm not talking like like within and so. Essentially, in this in this book, each level is a different city, and they're all placed on top of each other. So you go in the first level, and then you walk around that city, and then you can go up to the second level, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and this guy, Sendlin, and his wife, they go on their honeymoon, and he's like a headmaster in like a small town, and he's very excited because he like teaches about the tower, and he loves it. And they get there, and it's like nothing like he thinks it's going to be. It's full of like crooks and thieves and other words for crooks. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and the various other synonyms. And, uh, and people are trying to take advantage of them, and they immediately lose their luggage. And then I, I think I can go ahead and say this because this is what the whole book is about. Uh, he immediately loses his wife. So he spends, they stole his wife. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what happened. They get separated, and what he doesn't know is that while he thought like, "Oh, we could go up to the second level, we'll meet," and at some point, they, she was like, "Look, if you lose me, I'll meet you at the top." So he like ends up in this this tower trying to find her and going to all these levels, but each level is like more nefarious than the next. Like on the first level, they're like trying to like do you know like they're always trying to steal from you or make you book. work. It is so stressful, and him trying to like get up to these various Ooh. levels is so. So stressful. I'm well, I was gonna tell you where he is, but I that doesn't make any sense. But like there's like one level that's just like you like get put into a play and you don't mean to be and you like oh, but then you also have to like pay to be in the play. Like it's this whole thing that's like very So it's like sleep no more. A little bit actually. <laughs> actually it feels a lot like sleep no more, which is really weird. Um but but um it's like sort of steampunky-ish, like so there's no uh, electricity or anything, and everything's sort of run on steam. That's the only thing that's steampunky, but it's like also feels like of that uh, era. <laughs> Not that that was a real era, yeah. uh, but like if you were like saying like an era, it feels like set in that universe, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, I don't know what year, but it's like supposed to be like turn the, of the century kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on this giant tower, it is so fun to read. It is such a wonderful like world building experience. I've been having, I've been meaning to read it for a minute, and it like came up at the library, and I was like, you know what, I am going to read this book, and it is great so far. What are you reading? It's spooky time. Yeah. So I am now after I finished. Uh, listeners don't know, but we're recording this early in the month. So the only non-horror book I was going to read for uh, October was the new uh, Philip Pullman book. So mm-hmm. now it's horror Straight from up here horror. on out. Horror, horror, horror. So the first one I'm reading is called the Ghost is called Ghost Wall by Sarah Moss, and it got pitched to me as the Secret History meets the Witch. 
Oh wow! It's a very small book. It's uh, very it's very slim. It has a really cool cover of yeah, like it it's like a skull made out of flowers. But it's ba- I I barely started it, but it's a very short book. I'll, I think I'm going to finish it tonight. It's about this family and the father wants to go and they're living in Britain and he wants to go to this like kind of commune sort of settlement thing where they're all living like in as if it was the Iron Age still. Oh. And so the whole family goes and they are living in this like like it's like a ren fair but for thousands and thousands of years ago. Like the Iron Age fair. And <laughs> but they there's all like, apparently But they're set now. The yes, family. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but apparently there's some weird rituals that they're supposed to be doing and things get kind of weird and scary. Oh, that's good. Bad things start happening. I like that. Yeah, I like it so far. Uh, so that's Ghost Wall by Sarah Moss. And mine is Senlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Mads wrote in, I was thinking about the wheelhouse concept, which I love, and I realized I would really love to hear you both talk about your reading doorways. This is terminology we use in library land to talk about what aspects of a book are most important for an individual reader. The four doorways are character, setting, language, and story. Hmm. I'm attaching a portion of a training handout made by the library district I work for as further clarification on the doorways. When I participated in this training, the thing that really stuck with me was the goal is not necessarily to find your patron their next book. Instead, the goal is that the patron will learn something about themselves as a reader that will help them make better informed reading decisions in the future. If you can help someone identify why they like something, that self-awareness can serve them as they continue on their bookish adventures. Wow. Mallory, what is your doorway? I think my doorway is story. Oh, interesting. Mine might be setting? might be setting. Yeah, mine's setting or character, but probably setting. I think mine is story for sure. I'm definitely like I want to know what's happening. Yeah, interesting. And then Mad's wheelhouse is magic of any kind, uh, world building, anthropomorphic characters, <laughs> underworld or undead narratives, but usually not zombies. Well done pantheons of gods or demigods, especially ones who behave in either very human or markedly inhuman ways. <laughs> Folkloric narratives and characters, queer narratives, diverse and intersectional characters written by diverse and intersectional authors, dragons, all in caps, <laughs> especially talking and or dragons of at least human intelligence, oh. existential crises or cosmic horror with a magical twist, and creatures our society would call monsters but they have as much agency as humans, i.e. they can choose to be good or do evil. Hmm. Interesting. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Um, quick bookmark for me. If you were in Austin, Texas, I am in a sort of scary psychological thriller movie called Department 413 playing at the Austin Film Fest. And um, it's coming up. It's um, uh, I won't be at the premiere, which I believe is the 25th or 26th, but I will be at the second screening, which is on Tuesday, October, I'm sorry, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, October 29th. Um, so if you're going to Austin Film Fest, be sure to check that out. Awesome. And then also tonight, we have our live stream. If you were listening to the episode the day it comes out, we are doing a live stream to talk about the book that we chose for spooky October reading called Five Midnights. Uh, we're uh, going to be live streaming and talking about it and discussing it with our awesome listeners uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so wherever you are in the world, if you want to tune in, there's going to be there'll be a link on all of our social media. If you don't use social media, just email us. I will send it to you or you can go to uh, the Reading Glasses podcast YouTube channel. It will be there as well. So before we talk about scary books, we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, my name is Tusk Henderson, and I am an outdoorsman. Are you looking for a new comedy podcast? This month's episode of Beef and Dairy Network Podcast has as its guest the wonderful Nick Offerman, playing the part of Tusk Henderson, adventurer and outdoorsman. Think about fitting yourself a month's worth of provisions and a half-ton cow into a kayak. So if you've never listened to the show before, this might be a good place to start. I string a bowstring between her horn tips and I can fire a spear off the top of her head and uh, took in some very delicious cod. So, if you're after a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network for maximum fun? Download it now! You flip a cow upside down, they make an excellent toboggan. This week, it's all about scary books. It's the most wonderful time of the year my favorite month it's my favorite holiday and so last year we did a whole episode about horror adjacent books or books with horror elements that were for halloweenies people who want to participate but are too nervous too scared they don't like scary books but this year you got to give it up folks we're recommending horror books that are actually scary scary yeah it's halloween next week it's the best day of the whole year so if you want to grab a book to celebrate we got your back here's a list of book recommendations from us that are like actually scary you might have to bury these in your backyard when you're done reading them bria (laughs) (laughs) because if you bury them they can't come and get you later although some of them will rise up from the dead and like come out with their little book arms and like try to get you like oh Oh, they'll have want to eat your your book brain (laughs) so bria what's a scary horror book that you love um, I can't remember what I've said in the past, so I'm just going to start. I tried to look you know, it up. You can search our, our archives. Okay. Well, if I, re- if I repeat one, let me know. <laughs> um, I'm going to re- recommend a little giant book. <laughs> the Old Brick. By my best friend, Stevie King. <laughs> uh, Stephen King. I'm gonna, I read It. Um, maybe last year or two years ago. Pretty I read soon, it for the book club. You read it for the Losers Book Club. Yeah. Um, and um, it is great. It is great. This it is, is a great book. This is the problem. It is. A, it yeah. Is it's it's great very book. hard, especially when you're talking about the book or you're talking about the movie where you're like, I'm going to go see it. And people are like, what? You know, like it's a little who's yeah. on first. Um, but um, it's very good. There's even a child orgy, which I will excuse because the book is so good. Um, you know, um, if you liked the movie, I would actually say you could still go read the book. Yeah. There's no spoilers. And the book and the movies are different enough. There's certain things that happen that you will recognize. But I would say the scary parts in the movie are, like, not nearly as scary as the book. Yeah, the book is absolutely terrifying. It's, it's horrifying. It's great. I really love – it is great. I loved it. It is very good. It's a classic uh, totally worth reading. I don't read that much Stephen King. I'm in this book club where they where we read a lot of Stephen King. I have not read many of the books because I've been out of town for most of the book club. <laughs> but that one, um, I did read and I loved it. What is your first recommendation? So my first recommendation is The Shining, by also by Stephen King, because I realize we've never talked about our favorite Stephen King books on the oh. show. Um, and I, I, I mean, I love Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, it I don't is- think I've ever read the book. The book is incredible. As we've discussed in the past, in high school, I always read Dean Koontz, not <laughs> Stephen King. Dean Koontz. Uh, yeah, I, The Shining is definitely my favorite of his. Uh, it is ab- it's terrifying. It is one of the best haunted house stories of all time. It is very different from Kubrick's film. Uh, in Kubrick's film, Jack is much more of a black and white villain. Yeah, and, and Stephen King did not like that. No, because in the book, 
you see Jack struggle with alcoholism and you see, I don't want to use the word sympathetic because he does do a lot of bad stuff, but you, it's, he's much more multidimensional mm. and it makes the book incredible. And, um, we, I, I did see, uh, one of our listeners talking on Twitter about what kind of books of Stephen King's are good to start out with. So if you are ready for horror, if you are you're on board with scariness. The Shining is definitely a great. It's a classic. It's I think it's his best. It's a great place to start. What's your next pick, Bria? I'm going to go with something shocking and scary. That was what I was trying Ooh. to. I was trying to find this shock book and really unnerved me. Yeah, shock and scare. That's what we want in a book. It really unnerved me. It was, it's the Changeling by Victor Lavelle. Um, it's a Changeling story about a guy who gets involved in this big conspiracy, and it's. Really shocking. There's a couple in the very first part of the book. There were some things that were so shocking that I like was like, I cannot believe this book went there. Like yeah. it's it and it's very intense. I recommend it to a lot of people with also with a lot of trigger warnings. So go check those out. What because there's like I, I think even someone on the show wrote in and was like, Hey, I can't handle this book because I was not warned. There was like a, a child death in it. So there's a lot of things that are shocking in this book. But really well written and super unnerving. And the whole time I was worried about the safety of the main character and all of the characters, which I feel like is something that's what scares me. That's what really scares me is I'm like, will this person make it? Like, I don't know. This this author is willing to do insane things. (laughs) So like if they're going to make it, I that's what I'm kind of like holding on there for. Yes. Um, But yeah, I totally recommend it. It's a good New York book, too, if you're in New York. Oh, yeah. Like fun, fun New York book. Uh, what's fun your might not be the word. Fun, <laughs> definitely not the word. Um, <laughs> more uh, shocking and and horrifying. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, my next pick is The Uninvited by Dorothy McArdle. Uh, listeners might remember last year when I went to Ireland. This was one of the books that I read. Oh, yes. Irish ghost story. It's like ghost story, haunted house story. Um, it is put out by this great press called Tramp Press, which they have a Recovered Voices series where they like reprint. Oh, yeah. Um, female authors that have been kind of forgotten and the uninvited was made into a movie but a lot of people haven't read the book uh it's a story about it's a brother and sister and they're from london and they have very stressful london lives and they go to the country and they go to they buy this house called cliff end and they find out they like they love this house they love the little town and they're like trying to calm them like de-stress and they find out of course like there's two mysterious deaths that are connected to the house and they have to unravel what happened and they start experiencing really scary things and it's just like um, one of those amazing haunted house stories that like balances the horror and what's happening at the house with like the characters and you just like you, you ever read a book you're like just that was just so satisfying yeah like it's mm-hmm. what an enjoyable book like i just loved it and now and i read her uh, like i read her other books like i'm so happy that i read this one um it's interesting you it. just recommended two haunted house stories. I wonder if haunted houses are part of your wheelhouse. Oh, they are. Okay. I love a haunted house. Okay. Uh, what's your next pick? Actually, oh, my other pick. The pick after that is also a haunted house story. Oh, it's always you the also pick picked, after that. You picked all haunted house stories? <laughs> we should have just made it a haunted house episode. Oh, uh, well, your, pick, your, this, your no. picks aren't. Mine and pick are, picks are not. Mine well, are, you'll balance me out. Okay, okay. I just fucking love haunted houses, guys. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's why you like my house that I live in. Um, <laughs> is it haunted? No, but it feels like it should be. <laughs> also, what is haunting? Like, does yeah. haunting is it, exist? I mean, that, that's a Oh, my God. Question. I, I can't believe I picked – I just noticed that I picked all my house That's stories. really funny. That is really funny. Um, so my next pick is horror, but also apocalyptic and also very long. It's very long. Another long one. So yeah. if you're looking to really dive in. Big honking books. I'm going Honking the, and haunting. Yeah. <laughs> honking – 
I guess that's the name of the title. The title of the episode is Haunted and Honkin'. Uh, I uh, am recommending The Passage by Justin Cronin. That's the first in the trilogy. Yeah, and it's vampires? It is vampires-ish. It was made into a TV series. It was maybe canceled. I'm not With- sure. Zach Morris. Yeah, who has a Mark real Paul name. Gossler. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, I love how you're very protective of Mark Listen, Paul Gossler. Listen, Mark Paul Gossler has a real name. I was guest star on a show he was on. It never aired. I don't remember. Some lawyer show he was on for a minute. He was very nice I'm to me. I'm sad this got canceled, though. Um, I didn't watch the show, but uh, so maybe I'm to blame. But um, It's all on you, Priya. <laughs> I loved... Uh, it is vampires, but not traditional vampires. Like, they're so much scarier, and we, like... The premise of the book is it takes place in, like, a lab... Uh, where these vampires are all being held. And then it takes place also over, over the course of like a hundred years. So it goes from like pre-apocalypse to like a very post-apocalypse, like the descendants of the people you've met. But those vampires are still alive and kicking because they live for a long time. Um, so it's Ooh. it's super spooky, really character-driven in a nice way and not vampires like a normal like, oh, I'm coming to suck your blood. Like not it's like not that. vampires. No, like more like um, uh, action vampires. Action vampires, yeah. yeah, they like can they like jump from treetops and they're shit. They're health goths. Health goths? It's like a new thing. What is it? Sean thinks it's funny. <laughs> what is it? Wait, what's it? Why do you think it's so funny, Sean? What is it? Tell us what it is. It's just goths that are also active, <laughs> active goths, active health, goths. Yeah, health goths. Wow, you need a name for that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you need to categorize well, that. Well, other vampires are not. They don't do. They don't. Vampires don't exist. Yes. <laughs> Goths do. <laughs> Maybe that right. should we be need the to title brand our vampires to understand them. I don't know if we need to brand our people to be like she's goth, but she's also healthy. She's taking care of herself. You know, she's not going to die a young witch. She's going to get old, become an old lady. <laughs> With a good heart. Um. Anyway, uh, the passage. Uh, it was quite good. Um. Uh, it, it is it's definitely worth reading it's long if you want to like really get lost in a book i loved this one of the first one of the series what's your next one what's your next uh ghost story yeah, hold on according to the creators health goth takes many core elements of traditional goth subculture and brings it with the modern world with a dark aesthetic consisting of wow. sports performance wear just so you know I, I mallory pulled this up and the photos are all really funny because it's just fashion <laughs> photos of clearly of not goth people wearing Black sweatpants. See, this is how- and and sexy sweatpants. Look at that! Is a goth person who is ready to run five miles. What makes her goth? That she has black lipstick on. Yeah, she's all wearing. She's wearing all black. Lots of people. That's wear what all I black. look like at the gym. Lots of people wear all black. That's not a thing. It's, a, it's not. A, that isn't. It's a mindset. I just don't feel like these that vampires woman has are, that mindset. These vampires are health costs. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your next book? What's your next haunted house book? <laughs> I just fucking love haunted houses. Um, is it because goth people are like? They have to like make an excuse to be healthy, and they're like, "I can't." Live no, like they're this. bringing their gothness into the world of of health stuff. They're like, "Ooh, I'm goth, and I like spooky shit and dark things, but I also want to go to the gym all the time." Yeah, but that's just a lot of people are like that. Like our gym is full of like horror yeah. writers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people love labels. I don't fucking know. I hate labels. Keep your labels away from me and this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just talking. Listen, Bria, these vampires aren't real. They don't. They're not. They're offended. not real. But they're not offended by this title. <laughs> they're not health goths. They're vampires that jump around in trees and kill you. Sounds pretty healthy to me. <laughs> Sounds like vampire CrossFit. <laughs> it's like a little the vampire CrossFit. A book gym. About, it's a, the book about. is actually a handbook for vampire CrossFit. <laughs> and there's a tree and a car. They have to jump over. And at the end of it, there's a fake human dummy that they have to jump on. And yeah. that's the end of the CrossFit. And they're rewarded with a nice glass of blood. Blood smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your next book? <laughs> My next book is The Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan. Uh, it's another amazing haunted house book. Um, also, heads up, this is a queer book. If you are looking for um, it, Caitlin Kiernan is a trans author and uh, the main character is a lesbian. So if you're looking for more diverse horror stuff, this is a great pick. Uh, it's about a writer who goes to live in this house in the country and you know you should just learn never move to the country no don't move to a house in the country bad things are gonna happen yeah uh, but she moves into this house uh and she finds that the previous occupants had left this manuscript in the basement um and the manuscript has a lot to do with also if you ever find a manuscript in the basement just leave it there don't, don't read it don't bother it. reading Throw it that right in the fire yeah just just leave it lock the basement door never go back down <laughs> <laughs> the manuscript has a lot to do with this tree that's on the property and becomes more and more obsessive with it and then she starts getting obsessed with the tree and what has happened at this this house and it's extremely spooky it gets a little bit surreal because it's caitlin kiernan and very scary i absolutely loved it i actually kind of want to reread it for this year hmm. i think i love haunted houses because i love a backstory like, oh and that is my favorite that is like the white hot center of joy mm-hmm. when you get to the page in the haunted house book where they finally tell you what happened oh yeah that's good and and the story i think we were talking earlier about my doorway into yeah reading sure and I, I love knowing what happened. I love stories. So haunted house books, like, because just by virtue of the fact that they're haunted house books, something happened there. Yeah. It has a history. It has a story. It has a legend. And I fucking want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your next book? So I'm going to do unnerving. Unnerving. So I did shocking. I did long. <laughs> this is like one of those old-timey marquees. <laughs> unnerving. Brie Grant says unnerving. <laughs> what a – and I'm going to um, go with uh, Universal Harvester by John Darnell. Oh, I did really like this book. Uh, this, this book is very unnerving. It threw, blew me away. It's unnerving. It's not scary like, uh, but it's scary like, ooh. Like, yeah. you know, like scary like I, I need to like – I read this uh, Valentine's Day of this year. Ugh. It's – well. Yeah. It was, I, I was – the middle of a breakup. <laughs> uh, wow. He's in a band I like a lot, John Darnell. Um, but the book is about a guy who works in a video store and he finds a videotape with some weird gross shit on it. And um, not like physically on it. It's not like goo. Like stuff that's recorded on it. <laughs> who blew their nose on this VHS tape? <laughs> and it means that he goes on this mystery hunt to figure out what it is. And that's kind of one of the stories. There's a couple other like little like threads in there. But um, that doesn't – if you like especially like – I feel like there's a real – throwback to like real throwback thing happening people are like remember video stores and like this if wow. you are like one of those people who like that yeah this is definitely a good book for you a good horror book this is actually i would say this is a great reader like for paul tremblay obviously yeah. we didn't recommend paul tremblay on this show because on this particular episode because we talk about paul's books all yeah. the fucking time yeah we had to retire our paul tremblay recommendations but if you like that which i do that like is anything What's happening? Like, yeah. There's a real thread through this book where it's like, is anything bad actually happening? Right. And I would say this one, yeah, is even like more like the, the – there's a lot more question marks in this. And it's a lot – it's like it is weird fiction for sure. Like it's really bizarre. His books are all really bizarre. But um, it, it really scared me and was very unnerving. Um, make sure you check the trigger warnings on that too because there's a lot of things happening in this yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your next, what's your next haunted house? 
<laughs> my next is uh the good house by tanana reeve do uh which is also this is a split book because it's a haunted house story but it's also a witch book oh which is cool and it's about this house called the good house and it is called the good house because the family that lived there this it's like one of those great um, multi-generational stories where you're getting like the like what happened back then and what's happening now and there's all these like different timelines but it used to be like the family who lived there the grandmother she was like a healer you know oh, that's cool. and she but a tragedy happened there and it completely changed the house and it completely changed the way the town looked at this family and the main character she's returning to the house because after a couple of years because her son had died there a couple of years ago and she's finally ready to go back and confront his death and what happened and was it a natural death? What happened? Um, and it also has to do a lot with like the people in the town and how they react to her family and how they react to her. And is there a curse? Is there not a curse? Um, so it's like a great exploration of family secrets and per- public perception and multi-generational um, like things that we pass down and it's also just like a great scary haunted house book uh again um if you were looking for more diverse recommend or like divorce horror recommendations um this uh do is a black author this is like all the characters in this story are black so if you're like wow i'm just only reading horror by white dudes like this is a good book to start with it's absolutely fantastic it's also kind of a honking book it's pretty thick mm. thick book um but it's fantastic and it's very scary uh, trying to figure out how many of yours had the word house in it, but that's actually the only one. So, um, <laughs> um, so I was trying to find like best. I was like, I was like, what is the scariest book I read? Which you and I may agree that the scariest book, definitely the last few years, was Hex. Oh man, I mean, that book really scared me. But that was not the one I was going to talk it about. Fucked me up. I, I couldn't think of what like scariest book I've ever read was. Like I, that's what I was trying to think of. So I just went with like book that scared me the last year, which yeah. is not as specific, but um. One I didn't come out in the last year, um, but it's fairly new. It's called The Last One by Alexandra Oliva, Oliva, um, and it's about a reality TV show. It's apocalyptic. A reality TV show, a woman who's competing in, like, one of those, like, um, what do you call them? Like, not, like, the greatest race. I guess it's, like, the great – where you go out in the wilderness, and, like, they put you out there, and you have to, like, survive. Oh, yeah, It's, like, Survivor. Yeah, Survivor. It's, like, a Survivor. <laughs> um, and it's um, – a viral outbreak happens during it, and Ooh. everyone starts to die – but they don't know because they're on this fucking reality TV show with like – they're like there's cameras around but they don't know that everyone in the world is like dying. Oh my god! And this woman like is still playing the game. She thinks everything is part of the game. So it's really scary because you're like, oh, like these people start getting like picked off one by one. And it's kind of told from the point of view of like the reality producers who are like real shitheads. So they're like, you know, the blonde one, you know, like whatever. But then yeah. also her point of view. Um, it's really great. It's super scary. It's also like – feels very modern but like because of the reality tv yeah. situation i guess survivor's been on for like however many years now how long has survivor been on 35 oh, years uh, it has to be at least almost 20 i would want to say i think it probably has been like because i remember my family loves survivor and yeah my mom used to watch it all i the used time. to watch it too it was like my mom you know those like band thing bando things that they get my mom got those what like the survivor brand like a little like bandana oh. thing oh yeah you went across your chest, and I was like, "What?" Like, wear, like a, little, you can wear them on your head, or you um, wear it as like a weird. little halter top thing. This is a, it's a very good book. It's super scary. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had to trouble choosing, so that was that, that was one that I think I can recommend really universally because it's like apocalyptic, but also scary, uh, and also like it's like apocalyptic, like the apocalypse is happening 
like right in, during the book mm-hmm. while this woman thinks she's on TV. So it's like a, it's like I don't know addresses a lot of I feel like current things yeah. that are happening right now. That sounds great. Reality TV stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I talked about it on the show. I think and people reached out and they're like, I loved that book. So definitely check that one out. Uh, what is your last one? I have, yeah. a, I have a lightning round. Okay, this is not fair. You can't do this because Mallory makes the outlines <laughs> I always and do then this. cheats. I always do this. This is like oh, I'm so Mallory. Sorry. This is. I'm gonna say I'm legit frustrated, but you do whatever you want, and I'm not gonna comment. All right, I'll pick one because I couldn't pick. I had to pick this I number. Know, I know. I always do this to you, and then when I like literally, this I'm gonna is- say it's rude. <laughs> It's quite rude. <laughs> and um, oh, man, you remember when we when we did that best books of the year? And, and then you picked so books, many more. Fucking so many books. And I had like I like toiled. I was like, okay, I gotta limit it. I'm gotta so limit it. And so I kept throwing them away. And I kept limiting. And then Mallory, what are you trying to prove here? I just can't pick. I don't know. It's fucking rude. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's rude. I feel like now I know what it's like to be in a relationship with you. Um, I'm calling Jeremy after this. <laughs> Jeremy would do the same thing, though. That's <laughs> and you're both rude. <laughs> <sighs> do you want to pick one more? I already no, went okay. through this, okay. and I had to kill okay. my darling. <laughs> it makes me okay. a strong leader and a good writer. Okay. I already talked about that one on the show. See, I told you you make a good space captain. You are a very strong leader. I mean, which is what is what's good. I mean, right, I'll pick one, and I- if I repeat myself enough, people listen to me. <laughs> you are very. I do this to you all the time. I'm so sorry. It's so funny because I was like, I literally thought about it. I was like, well. If maybe if I just talk about them really fast, it'll be okay. Anyway, send your recommendation request to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Clay McLeod Chapman, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation. Together, we host a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand up comics. We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy and so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye. So here we are with writer Clay McLeod Chapman. Happy Halloween, first off. Second off, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. This is, um, I'm really excited. Clay, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, okay. So I just finished The House Next Door by Anne Rivers Sitton. I've been and, wanting to read that. Oh my God. It, it, it just launched up to like the number one. Like it, it is, it is amazing. I loved it. It actually has a twist. Like it had something in the end that, that just totally like rocked my world. I, wow. I, it is an amazing haunted house book and it is so deceptive because it, it, it like if you look I you don't judge a book by its cover but it I feel like I've looked at this cover for years and it is such a kind of like you know uh, you know bridges over Madison County <laughs> like it just looked, it does not look like a haunted house book and yet it is and it, it's 
it, I, I love it. Love it. Yeah. I saw it on your Instagram and it's very like pastel garden house. I would have thought it was, you know, some sort of literary fiction about old people. <laughs> it was like my steel magnolias pick in, I, <laughs> but it, it is, it is anything but like, I like do not wait another day. Like it, you have to read this book. Oh, I'm going to go get it from the, I'm going to request it from the library right after this interview. <laughs> done, done. So can you tell us about your new book, the remaking? Yeah. Um, so I wrote a book called The Remaking, and I kind of like to think of it as a, a ghost story that gets kind of retold every 20 or so years. Uh, we start off at that kind of campfire around the, you know, like in the 1950s, and then that kind of evolves into a drive-in kind of slasher schlocker horror film of the 70s, which then gets remade into a... Uh, sleek, polished movie of the 90s, Scream style, and then kind of evolved further 20 years later into a serial style podcast. And it is very scary. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. It's kind of a creepy book that kind of creeps up on you. So... It is Halloween, and the whole episode today is all about scary books. Last year, we did an episode on books for people who want to participate in Halloween but are too scared to do so. And this year, we're just going full bore into the scary, scary, scary stuff. So mm -hmm. as a reader and a fan of horror, what makes a book scary for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think, you know, for me, I've always kind of favored in my own writing and in my reading. Uh, I, I just love first-person narrative. Because I feel like any book asks the reader to kind of meet it halfway. And I love that idea that like my personal experience with a novel or a book is going to be different than anybody else's because it's how I engage it. But there's just something about first person narrative. And I, and I guess I'm thinking of like Edgar Allan Poe, where if the narrator is kind of speaking directly to me, or if I'm kind of using my suspension of disbelief to, to think of this as a dialogue between the narrator and myself, that it's kind of dragging me into the story in a very intimate way. I just love that. And I, I, I feel like the stories that are told, uh, I, I, I just, I have a hard time with third person narrative. Like it just feels removed. It just feels so distant and kind of all encompassing, but first person I just, I just love the idea of it just being kind of almost like a handicap. It's like you're just relegated to this one character's perspective. Maybe they're not the best person to tell the story, but we're, we're stuck with them. And, and that, that can feel suffocating. That can feel uh, really, uh, I just find it very unnerving. And I, I love that about, you know, scary books. And so on the other side of things, as a writer of horror, you know, you don't have light effects, you don't have a soundtrack, you have just your words. How do you craft a scene that is creepy? Good question. I, I mean, I will say with the remaking, I wanted to try something very different for better or for worse. And it was, I, I, I wanted to kind of create a kind of like incantation quality. Is incantationatory a word? Incantory? You know, that idea of like something that has a rhythm to it. Yes. That, that, that's almost kind of cyclical. And I'm going to totally own up to this. Like there is this movie that I love uh, called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. 
Um, oh, I haven't seen it. That. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I will, I will, I have to cop to it. Like I, you know, steal kind of wholeheartedly from it. And on like, that is the guide guiding light for uh, the remaking. But there's something about that movie that when you watch it, you'll, you'll know where like voiceover is really important to it. And like, you hear the kind of, there's like a lot of voices in this main character's head. Um, and they, they have just this, this kind of rhythm to it. And like, they're, they're just talking to her like throughout the whole course of the film. And I wanted, I wanted my book to kind of emulate that, like have that same kind of like vibe of, you know, almost like kind of circular spiraling quality where, you know, you can almost hear the narrator's thoughts as they're progressing, as the narrative progresses. And, and that, that required a lot of um, repetition that required a lot of like uh, kind of fragmented sentences, but it, it, it just feels like if you almost, if you read it out loud, you can kind of hear the spell being cast or you can kind of hear the kind of like the groove of witchcraft as it, as it kind of, intensifies so you know for me crafting the scene like i just wanted this 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 kind of spiral effect to kind of take place whenever things get you know spooky (laughs) so clay as a reader do you have a routine for reading scary stuff are you the kind of person who wants to leave the lights on or do you want to be scared i want to be scared i mean i i mean it's amazing how you know i live in new york and here uh, we've got the subway and that has become the kind of main reading time. Like that's when I get the bulk of it done. Um, but it is, it's great when you kind of forget your stop because you're just caught up in your book and that, that becomes the kind of, that's my routine. But uh, you know, I just picked up uh, growing things. Oh, uh, we and, love that book. Uh, I, I read the first story last night. And it was, it followed me in the bed and like, I, I, I couldn't stop. And, you know, the, the lights had to stay on a little bit longer. So, you know, it's an active choice to bring a scary book to bed. And it's, it's because there's the, the compulsion of like, I can't stop. Like I can't leave it here. Like I have to keep going with it for better or for worse. Um, And then I have my dreams to contend with. So thank you, Paul. (laughs) so besides the house next door do you have any other recommendations for books that really scared the shit out of you you know it's it's crazy like i hit this winning streak like a couple weeks ago where i read three books back to back that really just made i I just felt like you know this is the best week of my life um (laughs) it was uh it started off with this amazing book called the laws of the skies um, I'm going to get the name the, the name of the author wrong because it's it's French, but it's like it's Gregory Courtois, Courtois. Um, but the Laws of the Skies. It is and it's an amazing book. It's a really fast read. Uh, it's a little reductive of me to say this, but it's like uh, Lord of the Flies, like a, a group of kids go on a camping trip and like you know it, it gets all Lord Lord of the Fliesy. But it's it's so much more than that. Um, and then I read uh, Wilder Girls by Rory Powell. Oh, I read that so spooky. Yeah, I really liked that. I just loved it. It was like a fun book to read. Um, and then I read this other, this last book called uh, Water Shall Refuse Them. And it was Ooh. by Lucy McKnight Hardy. And it was amazing. Um, I like just reading those three books back to back. I was just like, 
it's just such a total win. Like I was like, there's no, I, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't finish. Like, it was just like, I just had to keep on going. Oh, there's no better feeling than a good book streak. Totally, totally. So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share with us? <laughs> I, I have a problem where I cannot stop reading a book no matter what. Like I, I know there are a lot of folks who are like, life is too precious. Time is short. Like if you don't like a book, you get that, you get that gut check and you have to kind of put it down. But I like, I, I need to see a book through for, for better or for worse. And uh, I, I feel like because, I don't know, reading is such a, a privilege and like, I just, I, I, I want to honor the book and, you know, want to, want to see it through. So that, I don't know if that counts, but that is, that's. It totally counts. Yeah. There are some books I wish I had put down, but you just don't take the time. Like, I, I want to like, there's like a level of respect that like, no, this is, you know, maybe the last 10 pages are just, you know, mind blowing, or maybe, maybe something will happen on the next page. And uh, sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised, sometimes not, but you know, pays the run. And so what is your reader wheelhouse? Are there any subjects or tropes or anything that will always get you to pick up a book in a bookstore? I, I mean, you know, because it's Halloween, I am such a sucker for just kind of going into a bookstore and finding that, that Halloween Island, you know, the, like the, the kind of, yes, the best part of the year. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, Maybe seventy five percent of it, eighty five percent of it, I've read because they're they're the kind of like the mainstays, the holdovers. But there's always that one that that just looks really cool. Like there's one that just came out, or maybe it just came out called The Toll. I've seen that pop up on a lot of uh, book book islands, and I'm like, I have to read that. Like that looks like a great one. Like let's check that one out. That, so I, I love that, that your, your reader wheelhouse is the spooky island on Halloween. That is perfect. <laughs> well, it's good because Book Tour has kind of like led me to a lot of amazing bookstores that have amazing book islands. And uh, I just want to live on that island. It's a beautiful island. Clay, it'll be me and you living there. Yeah. I am I am so with you. <laughs> we'll be Caruso and I will be your man fighter. <laughs> So Clay, where can we find you online? Where can we buy the remaking? You can buy the remaking everywhere. Your local bookstore, your local Barnes and Noble, your Amazons, uh, you know, su support your local bookshop. It's, it's out there. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebooks. Um, my, uh, I go by Clay McLeod, uh, but then my personal website is claymcleodchapman.com. Uh, awesome. Clay, thank you so much for joining us and happy Halloween. Thank you so much for having me. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. What if I write in and I say, dear reading glasses, I have a book podcast and I pick too many books. <laughs> <laughs> How do I apologize to my co-host? <laughs> So she doesn't kill me. <laughs> what do I do? I'll answer that one. Um, <laughs> Stop picking feels too, close to home. Um, Stop picking too many books. <laughs> you can learn to limit yourself. Just because you say you like one book doesn't mean you don't like other books. <laughs> That's my Anyways, advice. I'll take. I'll tell my friend that. <laughs> That'll help her a lot. My friend, <laughs> my friend. That's Chalary. That's totally not me. Chalary O'Chara. <laughs> <laughs>
okay. Well, we got to get all these laughs out because it's not. This is actually probably one of the most serious questions. It's we've true. Ever got. Yeah, we'll quit laughing. <laughs> all right. So now we're really solving a bookish problem from one of our listeners. And if you have a trigger, trigger warning, if you have problems with talking about rape or assault, please fast forward. Um, so we had a listener write in that says, unlike you and a lot of your other listeners, I am a scaredy cat. I generally don't like to read about scary things. Can you suggest any books that will help me overcome my fears of being alone at night or being attacked? I have no reason to feel unsafe, but anytime I hear about a murder or a rape, the story really sticks in my head and freaks me out. I just want a healthy way to work through my fears. Uh, and I do hate to admit the failings of books because I believe in books, but I don't actually think this is the kind of a situation where a book can help or at least a book alone yeah agree uh because honestly those fears are valid and they're Mm -hmm. real like the this person says that you know that i have feel no reason i have no reason to feel unsafe but we do though like it's not like these things don't happen yeah uh and unless the world changes a lot in a positive way those feels fears are going to be present reasonable for a while and as someone who goes to therapy all the time for anxiety this might be something you need to work through with a therapist or some kind of mental health professional but you're not it doesn't mean you're a broken person there's nothing wrong with you like this is a normal way to feel especially for the kind of world we live in talking to someone i think is the best way to work through this uh, i think it's completely fine it doesn't mean that you're a failure of a reader or anything's wrong with you if you don't want to read a horror book you don't want to read books with rape or murder in them like no one's going to be like oh look at this loser who can't read this stuff like there's nothing wrong with that it's okay uh but if you do really want to read a horror book maybe check out does the dog die.com and make sure there's no rape or murder in it there's lots horror books where that stuff doesn't happen yeah i think there's this really interesting thing happening right now i mean maybe it's always been happening, but where women are just openly talking about like how scared we are of stuff like that and maybe we've been talking about it i mean i would say yeah maybe you know i'm about to be 38 and so like definitely been talking about that for like 20 years but i feel like there's a lot of things happening like people talking about it really openly on like podcasts and stuff yeah i'm just gonna point to like my favorite murder because i feel like they talk about it a lot about being scared and how that's why they get interested in this kind of stuff some people have the opposite reaction where they're not interested in this kind of stuff because it's too triggering and too scary for them but i think just like i've had like so many conversations with various women where i'm like oh no i check every door in my house i if like john's out of town i check every closet like i can't go to sleep without checking stuff and like i'm just like that's just who i am yeah it's fine I, it makes me comfortable and I can sleep through the night. And why would I not check? Maybe there's maybe there's some sort of boogie monster in there. Yeah, you never know. Um, I would say the only thing I could think about um, – I'm with Mallory. I think, this is, I think this is a therapy issue. I don't think this is a book issue. I think there are books you can read. Yeah. But I think that um, this is much more of a therapy issue. One book I, about fear I thought about was really that book Scream. Um, Scream, Chilling, Chilling Adventures in the Science of Fear by Margie Kerr, which I actually read this year. It's a um, great book. At the very least, you're going to understand what's happening to your body physically, mm-hmm. which I think is super helpful. Because if you know, like, the physical reactions happening in your body to make you feel scared, that's yeah. an interesting thing for you to know. And you can go, okay, cool, my heart rate is up. My breathing is up. Like, yeah. you can learn to slow your breathing. Like, mm-hmm. things along those lines. But I think that that actually takes a person to learn to do all of those physical things yeah. with. Um but honestly, also, that book scared me a little bit because it had, like, yeah. some scary stuff. I'm also scared of heights, and I had this whole height yeah. thing, and that was really rough. Well, I was actually going to bring up that because I think that's the first chapter is when she goes – I forget. I think it's I think in so. Toronto or something. It's, like, 
this really yeah, high. Yeah, there's some building you can get on top of. Yeah, it's a building that's super high and has like a glass floor. Yes. And you walk out there and you're like a hundred stories up or something crazy. And she goes out there and it's a really interesting chapter because she's talking about how logically she knows like there's a floor there. There's no possible way that she can fall. But her brain sees how far up on the oh, ground she Oh, and she can she can walk. You can walk out to where you're like you are strapped in, yeah. but you're like hanging over the edge. Yeah. So your arms like like you're literally like your feet are like mm-hmm. above the edge. Like you're actually like in midair yes um and, and she talks about how like she goes through like what's happening with her mm-hmm. her pupils what's happening with her mm-hmm. blood what's happening like and you can't not feel that yeah and you start but it's interesting because you're like oh god this is what happened and i ever since and whenever i get in scary situations of luckily it doesn't happen to me a lot but uh, i actually have thought about that like okay what is happening to me physically right now yeah yeah i think that that's helpful but again therapy helps medication helps Reading things that make you feel like that don't remind you of scary stuff helps. Yes. Like um, a nice comic book. Try the Hulk. The Hulk, will, the Hulk will protect you. I, like, I, like, you know, where things where the, you know you're going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Um, worlds that are less things dramatic. I'm, yeah, maybe, but not. I mean, yes, I, I just I thought yeah. of the Hulk because I was thinking about the Hulk the other day when I was writing this. Um, <laughs> just thinking about the Hulk, you know. Yeah, I, I think um, think of, I think don't feel like you have to read books that contain these kind of things. And I think you're right. Does the dog die is a really great place to look yeah, um, a great to make website. sure. But also just generally like knowing that you like you like a lighter fare of books is good to know, you know, and knowing about that about yourself, which is all also therapy knowing things about yourself (laughs) yeah i mean i think sometimes we all we feel this thing where we're like okay well i don't want to i don't want there to be things out there that i can't do you know what i mean yeah like i don't like feeling like there's limits like oh i don't like knowing that there's books i can't read or movies i can't see there's so many things i can't do and i don't care you just have to accept i think one of the bungee jumping fuck that (laughs) skydiving fuck you going to space (laughs) never (laughs) going to space i'm into it Uh, (laughs) don't know why that one doesn't bother me guess that is interesting you can't fall in space yeah, but it'll just fall forever. <laughs> but I, one of the, I think my, one of my biggest breakthroughs in therapy was that I'm not a broken person. Like I'm just anxious, and like that's, I, it's a dial to, that I can turn up and down. But yeah. it's not something I'm ever going to cure. And it's never, like, I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, I will not make a to do list. I'm just going to leave my messy house and not have things organized. Like that's just not me, and that's okay. Maybe you just, even if you work through this, you might never be able to read the, those books, and that's okay. Yeah, totally. There's a okay. lot of other books. There's so many other books, as you could tell by this episode. <laughs> so many fucking books (laughs) and not all of them are scary it's true so if you want us to solve your reader problem send it at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank danielle and kathy who are on our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember if you want to support us help us feed our cats you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the maximum fun store there's a link in the show notes and if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us and helps us reach more readers you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported